Merry Christmas and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Our big idea for this week is what's gained, generosity. We're going to spend time in Matthew chapter 2. Enjoy and thanks for listening. The word that we're going to focus on today is generosity. And here's what I want us to consider. The remarkable story of Jesus involves a generous God who loves. Before we talk about generosity, though, I want to ask a question. And so this is something for everybody to think about that's here. We're going to celebrate Christmas in 18 days. And in a short amount of time, there is a lot of stuff that needs to happen. Even probably right now, you're thinking about, oh, I need to get this done. Or, oh, I need to go and purchase. Or, oh, I'm going to have a few days off of work, and I have to make sure I have everything done and in place. Or, oh, insert your own tension point right here. It's coming. Christmas is coming. And here's the question. What's gained With all of the events and another holiday that will be here, what's gained? Besides a few pounds from all of the fantastic food, what is really gained? What I want to posit over the next several weeks is that there is something to be gained that is both helpful and beautiful. It's helpful because we're going to talk about some practical things that we'll all be able to do and implement. And it's beautiful because we're talking about an event here that puts God's generosity on full display for everybody to see. And it's bright and loud and impressive and passionate and memorable. It's glorious. So what's gained? Well, there's a lot that's gained. And that's not a very sophisticated answer to that question, but it's true. And what I want to do over the next several weeks is present a word and a symbol each Sunday. And it is my hope and my prayer that these words and these symbols will just help us get and understand that there is something to be gained from this Christmas. So here's the deal. I need you to be here every week as we journey together toward Christmas. We're in this as a family. And so I want you to be here every week. Save your Sundays. Get here. Invite somebody to join you. Grab a cup of coffee and let's go. Okay? Here's our big idea for today. And that is what's gained? Generosity is what's gained. And we're going to take some time and kind of unpack what that means. So if you have a Bible or a device with you, I want you to find Matthew chapter 2. You can also use your device to scan the QR code in the program, and that'll bring up all of the scripture and all of the notes that we're going to use today. So we're going to hang out in this amazing paragraph that talks about the advent, the arrival, the coming of Jesus. Now, as we get into the story in a bit, some of you are going to say, oh, I know that story. I've heard that before many times. I am familiar with it. I have read these exact words multiple times. And if that's you, that's great. Here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to give yourself permission to enjoy the story one more time because there really is a lot here to enjoy. And I also want you to give yourself permission to learn something new about the story because nobody knows everything about this story. Nobody. Now, if you're here and you're not very familiar with this story or it has been a long time since you have opened up a paragraph like Matthew chapter 2 and just read that for yourself or even had that read for you, then I want you just to sit back and relax and enjoy the generosity of God that is extended to all of us. So just enjoy. I'm going to begin reading with verse 1 of Matthew chapter 2. Here's what it says. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? There's a couple of things here. That word wise actually comes from the root word magus. And from the word magus, we get the word magi. Now, if you have walked through this story before, you have probably heard these individuals that came and found Jesus referred to as wise men or the three kings. They weren't really kings at all. And there may have been more than three. We don't really know. The reality is what we could call them accurately is magi. And magi were educated individuals who specialized in astronomy. They studied the skies. They studied the heavens. And they were aware of the stars and everything that was happening there. And so these wise men are magi They specialize in the study of the heavens. They are smart individuals and they are searching. And here's what it says next. As they are with Herod, they're communicating, well, we saw his star. Now, all that makes a lot of sense, right? Of course they saw the star because that's what they study and that's what they do and that's what they observe. They're experts in the stars. And so they tell Herod, we saw his star as it rose And we have come to worship him. Now, what's the deal with this star? What was it? And what caused that particular star to lead the magi or these wise, smart individuals to find the Christ child? There's been a lot of speculation about what that star may have been. Some people think it may have been a supernova or a comet of some kind, or a massing of the planets that would have caught the attention of people who study those kinds of things? The reality is we don't know because the Bible doesn't tell us. But here's what I think we can consider in a pretty accurate way, and that is God's son is about to be born. His one and only son. And he is a special son, And this is a special event, and it's not out of the ordinary, that God would have arranged something very miraculous and something special to let people know there is something unique that is happening. And so God is arranging all of this, whatever it was, and however we want to describe it, to share something. And I'm going to get there, so stick with me. Here's verse 3. After King Herod heard all of this information, he was deeply disturbed when he heard this. 
as was everyone in Jerusalem. And I think that's kind of a funny verse because Herod was a brutal ruler, a tyrant. He was a bully. And so it's fair to say that if Herod was disturbed and bothered, everybody was going to be bothered because they were frightened of this man. And so he's tipped over. There's a new king out there. I don't know who he is. I don't know where he came from, but he might dethrone me. And so I've got to find this individual. And that's what's happening here. So he's disturbed and he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, hey, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And they chat about that for a little bit and they gather some information. Verse 7, then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, the magi, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Which was code for, tell me so I can find him and kill him because he's a threat to me. Well, after this interview and after this time in verse 9, it says the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. And the language here is very strong, expressing exuberant joy. I mean, they weren't just happy about what they were about to discover. They were exuberantly filled with excitement. They were losing their minds kind of like when the Eagles beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day, right? It wasn't just happiness. It wasn't just a little bit of joy. There was a lot of exuberance in the air. And that's what's happening here. They're about to find the one, and they are filled with exuberant joy. Verse 11 says, They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. I think that's a very interesting thing that happens here in verse 11, that they actually bowed down and worshipped the Christ child. There's no indication in our paragraph that they bowed down to Herod, who was also a king. They may have, but it's not recorded here. What is recorded in verse 11 is that they took time to bow and to get low. That's the language here. It helps us to understand that the Magi got it. I mean, they understood that Jesus was special. And he is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our lowly position before him. And it says they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, in a unique way, the star that guided them to the Christ child was a star that guided them ultimately to God's generous gift. Again, they got it and they understood it. And so that generosity inspired their own generosity, where they then gave gifts of their own. In the ancient world, it wasn't unusual for them, in the presence of someone special and important, to bring a gift If they didn't do that, that was considered strange or disrespectful. 
And so what we find here is that these wise men, the Magi, they bring gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Frankincense and myrrh were perfumes or ointments that cost a lot of money. So that's what they gave. And then verse 12 says, when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route or route. You want to say that? That's fine. For God had warned them in a dream that Herod was creepy. Okay, all of that to say this, along with the deep prophetic and theological things that are happening in this particular paragraph, God is announcing his generosity. God is being generous. And Christmas ultimately is God's display of his generosity to us. Think about it. God gave his son. He loved you enough and he loved me enough that he gave his son. He provided his son. That's the advent of Jesus, the coming or the arrival. And God gave and this son lived and then eventually died, paying the price for our sins. He did something for us that we never would have been able to do on our own. That's generosity. And that's Christmas. And most of the time, we're good with that, aren't we? Like, go God. Yay, that's amazing. God is generous. That makes me feel good. And I enjoy that. And I benefit from that. I want you to think about this. God's generosity was lavish. It was so lavish and extended to those, to us, who couldn't pay it back. Right? That's what it was. And that's the picture here. God's generosity was so lavish and extended to those, to us, who could never pay it back. And now God looks at us and expects those who follow him to act in the same way. See, God's generosity demands generosity from those who follow him. That's just the way it works. God's generosity demands generosity from those who follow him. And as I began to research this particular paragraph and remind myself of the advent of Jesus and what we read here in Matthew chapter 2, which is beautiful and glorious. It's the arrival of a generous gift on my behalf, on our behalf. I started to ask myself this question. God's really generous. I mean, he's lavishly generous. How generous am I? And I'd like to think that I'm a very generous person, but as I began to contemplate that and unpack that and peel back all of the layers, I think there is another gear there for generosity in my heart and in my life, and that can be a frightening thing. Because often... We don't like to hold our stuff with open hands for fear that there won't be enough for me. And so we take all that and we hold it close because I might run out. When God's generosity always does this, it's open hands. And God's generosity demands generosity from those who follow him. So for me personally, I just feel like there's a whole other level there that God wants me to get to. And I would encourage you to consider that right now. How generous are you? In light of the ultimate gift of generosity and 
His generosity demands our own. How generous are you? And is there another gear? So out of a heart, and that's what this really is, out of a heart that just basks in the generosity of God because he is so good to me and to us, and out of a heart that just enjoys that and understanding that there might be another level of generosity for all of us, I want to share some takeaways based on Matthew chapter 2 and the advent of Jesus and this generous display on God's part. Number one, watch your Christmas appetites. I think the appetite for more can be contagious during this season where the messaging presented is to be unhappy with absolutely everything that you have. There's more. There's new. There's better. And I think we all fall under the trap of desiring that and wanting that. And we need to watch our Christmas appetites because the appetites we choose will determine the depth of our Christmas. And is it really all about stuff and more or is there something else there? When you look at Matthew chapter 2, There's gifts and all of that, but there's a whole lot more. Again, it's God's generosity lavishly on display for those who don't deserve it. So watch your Christmas appetites. Secondly, it's nearly impossible to talk about generosity without talking about money. So let's talk about money, shall we? And if you've drifted off, I want you to lean back in because I want you to consider this statement. God wants us to be generous, not because he wants our money, but because he doesn't want our money to have us. There's a big difference there. I also want you to consider this. The first century church, as it was beginning and as it was being formed, did not gain traction because of their theology. They actually gained traction and they gained the attention of the communities around them because they were a generous church. It wasn't their theology. Their theology, our theology, is based on a guy who was born in kind of a unique way and he lived and then he died and then he rose again and he went back to heaven. That's kind of strange. That's kind of weird and it can be difficult to explain and difficult to understand. And so the very first church, that early church in the book of Acts, what helped them gain traction was not their theology, because that's kind of a difficult thing to explain and understand. What helped them gain traction and get the attention of the people around them is because they collected and they gave stuff away. And they collected some more. And they gave stuff away. And they looked out at the poor and the marginalized and those who were pushed to the fringes of society. And they said, we as a church are going to do something about them, even though they might not be able to do anything for us. We're going to serve them. We're going to find them. And we're going to do everything we can to get radically generous. And that's what gave the early church traction and recognition. Listen, I think life is way too short to live with the anxiety and the stress And the fear that comes with not being generous. Honoring God with what he's already given to us just makes good sense. And doing that for people who can't pay it back, doing that for people without expecting anything in return is so close to the heart 
of God. And I want to give us all the chance to do that this month. Final takeaway. Start praying and planning now for our Christmas generosity initiative. Start praying about that and planning now. And if you've been here for Christmas before at Valley Point, then you know what we've done in the past where we collect and we just give away. And we find organizations that are doing an amazing job in this community and even around the world. And we partner with them and we help elevate what they're doing and help them as they help others. And everything that comes in, we just give it all away. And it's a great time. It's a lot of fun to be a part of. And we've set goals in the past and we have blown through them and we celebrate and clap about that. This is a fun time of the year at Valley Point Church because we're simply trying to be generous, understanding that God wants us to do that because he first has been generous to us. I got to tell you though, I really struggled with this, this particular year. Like, should we be involved in a generosity initiative at Christmas. As most of you know, we're desiring to build a real home for Valley Point Church. And we don't want to meet here in the school forever. So we want to have a permanent place to call home. And let me tell you, real homes are really expensive. And so maybe we should just be focusing all of our attention and our generosity toward that. So we make sure that that happens. Maybe that's what we should be doing. No. I don't think that's what God has called Valley Point Church to do. You can look in your program. We put this information in there for you. And you can discover that we're about $812 short in our weekly giving here to our general fund. And you do the math. Times 52. And it would appear that we'll end the year a bit short. And so maybe we shouldn't give things away in light of that. Maybe we should just focus on fixing that. No. I don't think that's what God has called Valley Point Church to do. We're not going to stop moving forward in faith. We're not going to stop taking God-sized risks, even though it doesn't always make sense, and even though it doesn't always add up. We're not going to stop being generous. We're not going to stop giving things away. Because again, this is so close to the heart of God. And so today, I am really excited to introduce to you our Christmas initiative for 2014. And I would encourage you to watch this video now as I talk about our partners and our goal and what we want to do here. And together, together, let's do something special. Together, let's be very generous. Check this out. is a special place. I love being here and can't think of anything else that I would even want to do than to serve right here and help Valley Point be the kind of church that exists for others. This has been one of the greatest years in the history of this church. 
There's so many things I could share that illustrate and speak to that, but there is one thing that continues to amaze me about Valley Point. I don't know why it amazes me anymore because it happens so much. I just continue to be in awe of how generous people are and how we have the chance to just give things away because people give. It's incredible to be a part of and the generosity demonstrated here makes me so proud of this place. The Christmas season is here. If you've been part of Valley Point, then you know what we do at this time of the year and it is so fun. If you're newer to Valley Point, then you get the chance to be a part of something that I don't think you'll forget. I want to present to you a generosity challenge. It's our Christmas offering initiative for 2014, and we've chosen three different initiatives, three different needs that I believe will speak to all of our hearts. The impoverished, the hungry, and families in need. Over the past few years, we've had the opportunity to establish some strong partnerships with organizations that are doing a great work. I had the chance to talk with some of those organizations recently and just ask them, how can Valley Point help you as you help others? See, my desire is that we would be the kind of church that elevates what our partners are doing in the community and around the world. We want to make them look good. And so I asked them, what would make a big difference for you? And how can we help you as you help others? Well, we talked, and here's our chance to help the impoverished, the hungry, and families in need. Poverty is something that continues to affect many. It brings a level of hopelessness that can be difficult to overcome. City Team in Chester, Pennsylvania is doing a remarkable job of serving those walking through tough times. And whether it's a hot meal, clothing, a recovery program, or moms with at-risk young children who stop by to receive diapers, formula, and other baby items, City Team has a huge heart for others. And we want to help them do what they do. One of their current projects that they will be launching soon is called Hope Cafe. Hope Cafe is an innovative approach to creating a restaurant-type atmosphere within their facility where they can serve those coming through their doors a great meal with dignity and style. They want to do more than just serve food. They want to do it in a beautiful and inviting place that brings honor. Providing funding for Hope Cafe through our Christmas initiative will help City Team move forward with something that will bring refuge and hope. World hunger stats are staggering. It's hard to imagine that we can make any kind of difference at all, but we can and we will. In Pachinik, Russia, we have a feeding center that is actually called the Valley Point Feeding Center. It feeds orphans who don't have the ability to provide for themselves. We've been supporting this feeding center for a few years now. Their funding is low as a result of the influx of refugee children from the Ukraine, as well as other orphans in the city of Pachinik. Its success depends on us. Also, in the Dominican Republic, in the village of Carabayu, where we have taken three groups to serve, we recognize that God wants us to do more. So we're going to be supporting a feeding center in that village that will meet the needs of many. It's an exciting opportunity. Both of these centers serve extremely poor families, kids, orphans with a most basic need, food, And our generosity this Christmas will make a difference in providing for the hungry. The Center for Families in Wawa, Pennsylvania is a residential facility for homeless mothers and their children. When they arrive, 
They are treated with dignity and given a safe, warm place to stay. All of these families come from Philadelphia, where the number of people being turned away from emergency shelter has tripled in just three years. Perhaps even more troubling, the increase appears to be concentrated mostly among people, women with children. That's where the center is doing a great work. We have a unique partnership with them too. Just recently, we started hosting birthday parties for the kids, something that they have not always experienced. Our love for these families, who are so close to where we live, is growing. But their facilities are in need of repair. One of their residence areas, which houses up to six families, is in need of some updates, which will make their rooms safer and bring more comfort. Our generosity this Christmas will have a big impact at the center for families. Poverty, hunger, and families in need. This is our opportunity to get really generous, to open our hands and give. Now here's the goal. Between now and Sunday, January the 4th, we want to raise $30,000 to make a difference. And I want everyone to participate, kids, students, and adults. If everyone participates, we can reach even exceed our goal. And I want you to know this. We give it all away. If we exceed our goal, we give it all away. We keep nothing. There's no shipping charges, no administrative fees, 100% out the door. We show up with a big check for great organizations. I believe this is something we should be doing as the church. I believe it's something we must do. You can give online or you can give at Valley Point. You'll need to designate your giving as the Christmas offering online, and there's a place for you to do that, or in the memo section of your check. I want to remind you that this should be above and beyond your regular giving to Valley Point, not in place of. If you're newer to Valley Point and have yet to test the giving waters, this would be a great time to start so that you can be involved in something significant this Christmas season. Come on, church. Don't miss this opportunity to generously share God's love. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.